Hello, hello, this is Sean Blanc, and welcome to episode 56 of The Weekly Briefly. Today is Friday, it's February 27th, 2015, and today I want to talk about thriving in the midst of the tensions of time, ideas, and focus. Sounds kind of sci-fi, but it's actually just real life. Uh, but before I jump in, first I want to thank this week's show sponsor. It's a really cool service called Sprintly. Whether you're a designer, a manager, or developer, Sprintly is for you. It's agile project management that works. Designers can collaborate effortlessly with other team members, makes handoff between designers and developers especially easy because developers can keep their existing GitHub and deployment workflows, and managers, well, they don't need to tap you on your shoulder all the time to get the information that they need. You can bring all your workflows together uh, using uh, Sprintly's integrations with Slack, GitHub, uh, Zapier, Alfred, and a whole bunch more, uh, and they can help your team to ship faster. And if you sign up, you get a free 30-day trial. It's at Sprintly. That's sprint.ly, or you can click the link in the show notes. Huge thanks to them for sponsoring this week's show. So I'm working on this book. It's called The Power of Focus Life. You've heard me talking about it. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm all in right now. You know, it's, I'm just like a, a, a deer in, in the book's headlights, kind of got the tunnel vision. I got the blinders on. And so it, it's sort of all I'm talking about, all I'm thinking about. Um, and so that's what today's show is going to be on. And I, what I want to hit on today is something um, I'm just super, super, super excited about it. It's uh, like I feel, um, you know, I, I, I kind of cut my teeth in writing by doing software reviews back in the day. I don't do quite as many as I used to, but I used to do these super long form software reviews. And I remember I would just be writing and I would I would have all the just all this stuff, right? Like all the the floating bits of information and it's just out there and you're, you're putting it all together. You're writing, you're writing, you're writing. And then at some point along the way, as I'm working on this article and just, you know, kind of talking about how I use it and the different things that it does, there would be a, a moment where it kind of like clicked over and I'm like, ah, this, that's the hook. That's what I'm trying to go for. This is, this is it. Like this is the hinge of the article and it, it, it all like it's synced together and it's like, you know, all just like all those stars just kind of lined up um, and it just became clear. And and I feel like with, with the book, with The Power of Focus Life, uh, I've been doing a lot of writing for, you know, um, a year you know plus working on this book and, and, and doing research. And I've read a lot about productivity. I, you know, I do a lot of stuff about productivity uh, and things like that. You know, all the methodologies, the best practices, the secrets, the habits, all that stuff, right? And I love it. I really do love it. I, I just eat this stuff up because uh, I want to learn and grow so much in these areas. And I and also just kind of have that propensity that I can just seriously geek out over this stuff. Like I can just super get into the productivity stuff. But then sometimes I just want to throw it all out the window, right? I just want to get forget about it, right? And it's not because the the teaching stuff is is necessarily bad or wrong. I'm not cynical towards quote unquote productivity, right? Like I I think it's great. But sometimes I, I'm like, there is a bigger picture here. There's, there's, there's more going on. I don't want to miss the forest for the trees. There is a deeper foundation to to build on beyond methodologies. Something deeper than methodologies or best practices or secrets or habits, right? And and I I think of you know focus and in and of itself, focus is not the end goal, right? We don't want to just be focused. What do you do for your life? Well, I focus. You know, like, like that's not the end goal. The goal should be to provide value back into the world, right? Like to do work that matters, to do uh, something meaningful, to create something meaningful. 
And for me, like that's, that's, that's everything, right? Like that is like, you know, living this, this worthy life where, where there, there's value provided in, in terms of the work I do, but in, in terms of the relationships that I have as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm providing value, uh, within my relationships I have, which basically means you have thriving relationships because you're serving other people, you're loving other people. Well, uh, you're allowing them to love you in return, right? Like the, the work that we're doing, we're, we're putting it out there. There's, there's emotion to it. There's a human element to it, right? And, and that's, that's the end goal, right? And, and the focus is to, to help you be able to do that, right? Like there's things that can help us to do this stuff. Uh, but the most important, I think, is, is, you know, more than methodologies, more than the best practices, more than secrets, the productivity master secrets, more than the habits, all this stuff. It's just our own internal commitment to do the work that matters, right? Like you, you, you think if you can be, uh, uh, you know, someone who wants to learn, if you can be hungry, then everything else can fall into place, right? You can figure the rest out. If you can learn how to learn, how to be a student, like the rest can take care of itself. You don't, like that's not necessarily the answer, but that makes you be on the path to getting the right answer. And I think the same goes with this idea of focus is that we have to have that internal commitment to do the work that matters. And that's what helps us plow through and push through and 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 negotiate with the distractions and the, the resistance and stuff like that, right? So so here it is. These are the two big takeaways that I'm really, really hoping to communicate with my book. And this is what I want to talk about a little bit on today's show. Um, you know, I've talked about already one of them, which is, uh, so the, the two takeaways are, you know, first of all, having honesty and clarity with a bias toward action. That's a big one. I've talked about that on, uh, on I've, I've written about it, I've talked about it on some other shows. It's in the, the Fight Spot newsletter. I've been, you know, hitting on that uh, already. I'll have a link in the show notes for that so you can check it out. Um, so I'm not going to go into that one. Here's the second one. Being able to thrive in the midst of tension. Being able to thrive in the midst of tension. And when I say, uh, you know, so the title of my book, right, The Power of Focus Life, when I say that, I'm not talking about minimalism. I'm not going to be talking about GTD. I'm not talking about life hacks. I'm talking about a commitment to intentional living, uh, that we cannot live with intention if we don't know where the heck we're going, if we don't know what the heck we want or how the heck to get there, right? So I'm all for you know minimalism, spending less, owning less, having a trusted system that manages your tasks and your projects, doing less busy work, routinizing the trivial parts of your life, all of that stuff. I'm, I'm proponents for that th- stuff. I love it. But the power of focused life is not about a methodology. It's not a recipe to de-stress your life. It's not a map for how to go do yoga on the beach. It's it's about thriving, even though our lives are crazy and messy and we're tired and why the heck are my kids throwing baskets full of train tracks down the stairs when I'm trying to record a podcast, right? Like all of that stuff, like it's, it's life. It's being able to thrive in the midst of life. It's not about getting rid of every distraction and relieving every stress point so that we can now finally do our best work. Rather, it's about doing our best creative work in spite of our propensity for distraction. And even though we're scared, and even though there's stress and there's tension, still being able to do our best creative work in the midst of that. That's that's what I mean when I say thriving in the midst of tension. So I've asked a whole lot of people what their greatest challenge is when it comes to focus. Uh, you know, Some of you listening to this may have gotten the email. You may have replied back to me. Uh, I've gotten so many amazing, honest, super challenging answers. Uh, you know, 
ranging from you know people's greatest challenge regarding focus that ranges from you know distractions uh, to ADHD to depression to fear uh, the incessant interruptions of the office space to the home life uh, a total lack of clarity for what you're doing uh, so much more there's a lot a lot of uh, uh, you know people answering this question and a lot a lot of challenges and I thought I would share one of mine and uh, so here's mine my biggest challenge when it comes to focus is this life. No, seriously, life is my biggest challenge when it comes to focus. Okay, maybe I'm cheating because that's sort of like the you know the all-encompassing answer, but it's true, right? Passion, boredom, frustration, anxiety, excitement, unexpected emergencies, I had a really bad night's sleep last night, not enough coffee, someone hacked my server, whatever it may be, right? Like this is life and these these are my biggest challenge when it comes to focus. Uh, and, you know, and I know that we can calm our anxiety, we can re- we can relieve stress. We can challenge our passions and our excitements and all that stuff. But the the basic inherent nature of life is that there's going to be tension. There's there's just a messiness there. There's a raw nature element of life that never goes away. And it especially doesn't go away when we're trying to do something meaningful. That true productivity is not about solving the tension that exists between our time and our ideas and our emotions and our fears and our focus True productivity is about thriving in the midst of those tensions. So, uh, you know, tell, telling a story. First, let's, let's take a five-second coffee break. Delicious. If you need to pause to go make some coffee, I won't be offended. I'll still be here. So welcome back. All right, so I want to tell a story. In the past... Uh, my my old job. I used to regularly work about sixty to seventy hours a week, and uh, you know, even many weeks, I was I would work more than that, eighty hours a week. Like, not uncommon to work eighty hours a week. That's just messed up, right? Like, and I did this for about three years. Was was this schedule? It was uh, it was a lot of work. You know, I was I was up early in the morning, uh, through late in the evening, almost every day of the week, and a lot a lot of emails. I would do two to three hundred emails every single day. Uh, just because that's how we communicated, that's how we did work, and uh, so I knew, you know, I mean, I knew, I know now, and I knew then that you know these th- that level of hours worked. It's it's not healthy, it's not sustainable, uh, but I definitely love the job. So I'm not complaining. I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm just trying to say that I was actually gladly working 60, 70, 80 hours a week sometimes. Um, because I loved what I was doing. I had an amazing team. I loved the community that I was a part of. I loved the work that we were doing. It was meaningful. I was learning so much. It was it was really um, yeah. I mean, I was definitely tired a lot, but I, it was a really great season. Uh, but I, you know, I knew it's you, you can't do that forever. And so uh, my wife and I got pregnant, and when that happened, just everything, my whole perspective on life just changed. Everything seemed to slow down, and I really began to see things differently. And choices that once seemed so ridiculous now seemed necessary. Like I knew that I had to quit my job and start my own business. And there were a lot of reasons that I quit. Um, you know, one of them just being a dad, I wanted to set an example for my future kids of of being willing to take a risk and, and try something crazy. Uh, but another one was I, I knew that I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a, a dad who was present, who was there, uh, around my kids, and I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that while doing 70 hours a week of work. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, and, and also, you know, if you're working 70 hours or more in a week, something is broken. It's the system that's broken or the leadership 
or your priorities or your boundaries, something is broken. Uh, and, and usually it's going to be a, a mix of all of those things. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I didn't really mind the long hours because I loved what I was doing, but I knew it wasn't good for me. But yet here's the, here's the, the thing, right? Even after I quit that job and I came home, I started working for myself. Uh, this was in 2011. I took SeanBlanc.net full time and began writing for a living from home. Um, I became my own boss, had my own hours. I could do whatever I wanted, right? I still had and have, like even today, I still have the tendency to work these same long hours. Uh, you know, it's been four years now that I've been working for myself and it still takes me the, the, just the diligence, the literally self-control to keep from working, uh, more than 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 hours a week if there's a lot going on, but I really like, it takes self-control to keep myself from working, uh, too much, honestly. Uh, you know, I could easily, easily could just work from the moment I wake up to the morning that I basically just pass out from exhaustion at night. I could just wake up, wash, rinse, and repeat. Do that every day of the week, seriously. So, you know, hi, my name is Sean, and I'm a workaholic. So, you know, you think about workaholics, right? Like, if, if you relate a workaholic to a, an alcoholic, uh, you know, an alcoholic that's been sober for 20 years is still an alcoholic. Uh, and I think that workaholics can still be addicted to work even if, if the, the, they have the self-control to keep from working 40 hours a week. Uh, just or to keep at just the 40 hours a week. And you got to think about it. Like if you're a workaholic, what is it? Why? What What's there? And and here's the thing that kind of strikes me is, uh, at least in my scenario, in my case, I know that uh, for me, it's the, the workaholism is rooted in fear. Uh, what are work? What is a workaholic? What are they running from? What are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Uh, and I know that, you know, when I look at my business and the, the things that I've built over the last four years, uh, I'm not trying to build this business that I can I can sell and retire uh, and move to a fancy uh, you know deserted island or somewhere and, and go drink fancy drinks. Uh, for me, like the, the aim is to build a business that uh, provides value to the world and that builds a foundation for me that to do my most meaningful work and and for me to provide value um, and to to connect with others and to give other people a platform in a way that they can also uh, contribute and provide value. And so, so it's not like I'm trying to 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 do this crazy sprint, build something up, get rich. Like I'm just trying to build a foundation where I can do meaningful work. Um, and so I know that in part, like, you know, my propensity to work long hours uh, is often uh, related to the work that I'm doing and how much I love it. Uh, I've got a lot, like even right now, you know, Friday, February 27th, 2015, I have a few active projects that I'm super, super excited about. Like all the time I'm thinking about these projects. Uh, you know, one of them is obviously this book I'm working on. There's another book we're working on over for the sweet setup. That's a different story for a different show. Um, and you know, the, the, the power focus life, and there's going to be this whole course that goes with it that I'm beginning to outline that I'm just like super, super excited about how it's beginning to, to take shape. Um, and so like, I just, am like, like I'm excited about this stuff. Right. So I just want to work on it all the time because it's, it's right there. It's, it's, it's top of my mind. Um, and so it can be hard to take a break from something when all the pieces seem to be fitting in place. You're excited about it. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're motivated to work on it, right? But here's the kicker. I, I've, I've had uh, weeks where I worked long hours and you know did a 10 or 12-hour day, even though I was completely unmotivated or unexcited uh, about any project. I just, just put in a 10 or 12-hour day simply because 
of that fear that I was running from something. I, w- I was afraid of something. And I thought if I can just work enough, if I just put in the hours, then that helps me to relieve some of that fear, right? And, you know, I fear that, uh, you know, just being honestly, like, I'm afraid that my small little online business is going to all fall apart all of a sudden if I step away for too long. If I don't show up for a little bit, if I'm not checking my email all day long, then it's just like, it's all just going to dry up and go away. Um, or I fear that my time spent resting or reading or playing with my two boys that that's going to keep me from doing something else that I should be doing with my business, whatever that should be. I don't even know what it is, right? It's it's just it's just this ethereal thing that I should be doing, and I'm afraid that that I'm not doing it, and so something's going to break because of that. Um, or I fear that there's an important email that's waiting for me in my inbox or whatever it is. And uh, you know, fortunately, like over the years, I've learned enough to know not to give into those fears, and I don't let my fears and my doubts make the decisions for me, but that doesn't mean that those fears go away. Uh, they're still there. Uh, and, you know, and, and over time, you the, it gets a little bit quieter, a little bit quieter. You're, you're better at dealing with it, but it doesn't just disappear, right? Uh, you know, and so there are days where I'll basically, you know, just to, to put it raw, I'll, I'll backslide into workaholism or whatever the, the term would be. Uh, because I'm trying to cope with that fear and I'm trying to relieve some of that tension that comes with uh, being an entrepreneur, being a, a business owner, and being basically someone who tries to put like valuable, meaningful work out there into the world. Like there is tension that is just part of that. And the, the, the workaholic nature is trying to cope with it. It's trying to relieve it. And, uh, you know, the workaholic, he needs to take care of all this busy work so that he can finally have the space he needs to create something meaningful. But there's no such thing as finally, right? Like we never arrive at finally. I've probably gotten 50 emails since I started recording this show. There's probably 10,000 more tweets out there that I haven't read yet. You know, my Instapaper queue still needs to go down. Like all this stuff, right? Like it never, you never arrive at finally. So do you want to know the secret to stress-free living? All right, well, maybe it's not a secret. Uh, I, and I, 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 it's probably not a secret, but I, I don't think I ever heard anyone talking about it. I'm sure there's some more secrets out there as well, but this is the one that matters. This is what matters to me right now. This is the secret. You got to settle the fact that if you want to do anything meaningful, there's going to be resistance. That's it, right? That's the secret. Settle the fact that if you want to do anything meaningful, there's going to be resistance. Now, resistance doesn't mean that you're bad at keeping an organized task list. Resistance means that you're plowing new ground, that you're doing work that matters. That's when the resistance shows up, right? And obviously, there's things we can we can settle some of these things. Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me back up. Is If you want the resistance to go away, then here's how you do it. You quit providing value. There you go. Simple. You want the resistance to go away? You want the tensions of life to go away? Then just, you know, pacify yourself. Quit providing value. Quit doing meaningful work. Quit caring. There you go. Then the resistance is going to go away. But he wants to do that. And he wants to quit providing value. He wants to quit caring. So instead of trying to remove the tension and the resistance, learn how to thrive in the midst of it, right? Like that's it. That's the key. Learning how to thrive in the midst of it. So if you show me an artist who is consistently putting out meaningful work, I'll show you someone who's courageous, She may not be a productivity master. She might not be a minimalist guru. Her desk is probably a total mess, but guess what? So is mine. I bet so is yours, right? 
so the reason that this artist, the reason she's consistently putting out meaningful work is because she's willing to show up every single day in spite of her fears and in spite of the tensions of her messy human life, right? She's making the time and the sacrifices that are necessary to show up. All right, so guess what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna clear the air. I'm not a productivity master, nor am I a minimalist guru. Seriously, I'm not. But you know what? That's exactly why I'm going to write my book. That's why I'm writing it. Because I don't have all the tension solved. And because I don't, I think that that's what makes me especially qualified to write about this stuff. Because I don't have all the tension solved. So if you'll, if you'll give me a second to, uh, to just you know, clear the air here. Uh, just to be honest, my work day, my work schedule, it can be super, super messy at times. I bet you didn't know this, but my garage is very cluttered right now because I've been ignoring it all winter long. No, seriously. I was, uh, I was 30 years old before I figured out how to budget my money. Uh, right now my Jeep needs an oil change. Uh, what else? Like I'm bad at email, super bad at email. I haven't had inbox zero since like the nineties. Uh, I'm bad at getting up when my alarm goes off. I'm bad at scrubbing my to-do list, uh, every day. Uh, there's a lot of projects around the house that I've been meaning to get to that I've just been putting off. Uh, you know, when I'm excited about a project that I'm working on, a lot of times I'll just let everything else fall through the cracks. I'll get super single-minded. Uh, and then all I can think about is just that one project I'm working on and I'll just ignore so many other things. Uh, a lot of times I'll check Twitter and email way more than I want to in a day. And if there's a wrench in my day, like say in the morning, I wake up and there's no coffee. Like I'm I'm, I'm out of coffee. And I forgot to go get some the day before. And it's like, oh my gosh, the whole day is wasted. And, you know, I have to go to the coffee shop and I have to go buy some coffee and bring it home or, or you know, I'm going to have to drink tea. I don't get to drink my coffee. And it's like the whole day, just there's a, a wrench in my system. It, it, you know, messes with my groove, right? But despite all these things, despite my super messy life and my uh, general propensity to be distracted, right? When you put it all out there, it's like, oh, I just sound like I'm a regular person, right? So despite all this, I've still been managing to make time to write every single day. And guess what? In fact, I've been making more time recently. In the, in the last four or five weeks, I've written more than 40,000 words just by, by trying to make time to write and, and focus and just, just trying to tune out the distractions and choosing to just keep showing up and then saying, you know what? This email newsletter is going to be good enough. You know what? This blog post, it's going to be, it's good enough and putting it out there and being continued to put it out there. So despite all these things, despite all my super messy life, I mean, you know, I'm making the time to, to do this writing every day. And guess what else? If, if you'll let me toot my own horn for a second, I just got an email from someone who's, who's been a longtime reader of the site for, for several years. And they said that the writing that I'm doing lately is some of the best work that I've done yet. Here I am, super messy life, cluttered garage. I don't have inbox zero. If I don't have coffee in the morning, it, you know, it, it, it can throw me off. But yet I'm showing up and people are, are finding value in the work that I'm doing. So here's the thing. You don't have to solve the tensions of life before you can create something of value. And your life probably isn't half as messy as mine. Uh, or you know, maybe it's twice as messy, but that's not even the point. That this is the the the, the point is uh, you know, coming back to the, my book again, the tagline is this. This is the tagline that I've said. Living without regret in the age of distraction. The tagline is not living undistracted in the age of distraction or top 10 weird productivity life hacks that will also make you a more attractive person, right? Like it's, it's not that it's living without regret in the age of distraction. And when I say living without regret, what I mean is not quitting. 
I mean thriving in the midst of the tension. That's what I'm talking about. Because at the end of the day, your best creative work doesn't come from the proper work environment. It doesn't come from a a clear to-do list. It doesn't come from all the distractions have now mysteriously disappeared. Your best creative work comes from your commitment to show up every single day and your willingness to try to do work that matters. That's it, right? The rest of the stuff, yeah, it's important. It's helpful. Like we can we can get these tools that help us to stay focused, that help us to, to know what the most important things are that we can be working on. We can get these metrics for if the work we're doing is meaningful or not. Like we can, that stuff is helpful. It's important. But like, that's not it. That's not the key. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is just that commitment to show up every single day. So thanks for showing up. I'm going to show up. Hope you show up. See you. <laughs> See you next week, I guess. Have a great, great weekend. And as always, thanks so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you like this stuff, if you like the productivity stuff, if you like this idea of the power focus life, uh, I've got a newsletter that goes out every single Wednesday. It's called The Fight Spot. I really think you'd enjoy it. You can sign up at uh, seanblanc.net slash newsletter. And uh, I, I wrote this thing called the the product, the the the, 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 the it's called the Procrastinator's Guide to Progress. Uh, it's a it's like a forty page PDF. Uh, so if you join the newsletter, I'm giving it away for free uh, to to everyone in the newsletter. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, and then of course you know over on Sean I'm writing a lot about this stuff as well. So lots of cool stuff going on. And the book, if you haven't yet checked out the book, there's a really cool trailer for it uh, that I think you'd enjoy. You can go to seanblanc.net slash focus and you can see the trailer and you can sign up for the newsletter while you're there as well. Both spots work just as good. So thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you guys next time. God bless.